Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, your home for Montreal Canadiens news, information, and entertainment. Your hosts are Blaine Podvang of the Hockey Writers, Matt Smith, and Treg Toxic Wilson. Are you in the market? For quality sticks and equipment you can afford, there is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. And welcome back to another exciting jam-packed episode of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I am joined now by my favorite co-host here today, Matt Smith. I'm lucky that I'm your favorite because, you know, I don't have much on Treg other than like a foot of height, but, uh, you know. youth and good looks (laughs) and, uh, oh, there's so much more. I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to catch up to his beard game right now, but he's got me beat right now. Well, I mean... (laughs) When you're not really working and you're not expected to show up, you have time to grow beards. Yeah, that's true. I gotta keep mine I gotta keep mine tame a little bit. Yeah, you know, when you're an operational unit, that's what happens. Absolutely. And I'm sure there would be way less gray hair in yours than there would be in mine or his. Yeah, I've I've uh, you know, a couple a couple here and there a little bit uh, a little bit lighter than others, but uh you know, I'm in my thirties now, so yeah, it's expected. It's 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 expected. You poor thing. I don't know how you're going to get by. I know, right? <laughs> in your thirties. That's right. My God, everything is just downhill for you from there. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> just ask Treg. He's just been rolling downhill the whole time. <laughs> I think he's been doing that since he's been like 25, though. So. Yeah. Well, he just discovered gym selfies, so now he actually goes to the gym but it's just to stand in front of mirrors and take pictures of himself he does take a good picture of himself though well when you've got that much practice absolutely ah oh, poor treg so treg's not here he's got some family uh issues to deal with um so it's just myself and matt and i think we'll just dive into what's going to be a pretty busy show there's been a lot that's happened over the last little while since we've last joined you um so we had a couple of contest winners. Uh, we gave away uh, gave away some 
some uh, some tickets to games. Um, the last game, the Nashville Predators versus the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal for Cowboy Night. Uh, our winners were FIFA Montreal and Ryan Rebalkin. So we gave away four tickets to those two, and FIFA Montreal brought his father to a game, and they don't get to go to games, so we gave them the opportunity to go. Uh, Ryan Rebalkin, we uh, we had a last-minute giveaway, and he took his son to uh, their second game ever, and it was a resounding success for both. Despite the fact the Canadians lost, uh, both our contest winners sent us messages and pictures that this was an, an event that will a memory that will last a lifetime for all of them. So congratulations to you guys on winning and having such a blast. Uh, one thing I just want to add into that, uh, to all our listeners, um, it, it shows that it, it, that it um, you know, that it pays to follow us. And, you know, that's just not self-promotion, but it kind of is. Um, you know, we, uh, we, um, you know we, uh, we work hard to put a show together for you guys every week. Um, we all are uh, active Canadian Forces members. Uh, we've all deployed different places around the world, and we always try to find the time to uh, make the time for you guys. So when there's a contest, make sure that you share it. You know, we want to grow this as uh, as much as possible, obviously. And it's something that we enjoy doing, and it kind of takes away from the stresses of life. And uh, we can all have a laugh about it and kind of make fun of each other. And um, I know for me, since I've returned from deployment last year in November, um, this has been something I've looked forward to each and every week. And um, the uh, response from you guys has been very positive. And uh, I look forward to... Uh, making more shows in the future. I, I echo that 100%. And I want to hand out a massive thank you to our other listeners who donated these tickets. We weren't the ones that went out and bought these. We, were, we would have, but in this, in this case, we had two listeners who were willing to give us a pair of tickets each to give away to uh, worthy listeners who wanted an experience. So they haven't given me permission to share their names. They know who they are. And I have to say that even though we've only been at this for a little while, I think we've cultivated a wonderful group of listeners who are, they're generous, they're kind. Uh, Barely any of them have insulted us at any point in time. So... I am just in awe of how great this community is, and I want to thank them for building that community around three completely nut, uh, just complete nut jobs. Three guys who just wanted to goof off and talk hockey. So thank you very much to everyone, uh, to the listeners who give us these th- these uh, these gifts to hand out to other listeners. Um, to those who listen and win the other contests and prizes that we have handed out, uh, and to everyone who tunes in every single week to listen to three goofballs from the military talk hockey. That's pretty well said. So, first time that for being th- that being said, we actually have a show to talk about. We do. Um, so, the first topic we covered was crap on Treg for not being here. Check. The second one was 
to congratulate our contest winners and thank all our listeners. Check. Check. The next one is to talk about this uh, pandemic that's going around now, the COVID-19 and its impact on sporting events around the world. Um, last week, uh, the bad news came down for those of us here in Halifax that the Women's World Championships were cancelled. Um, that's bad news for people. It's bad news for the people in Halifax who were looking forward to this. Uh, it's bad news for all the athletes who have worked so hard to get to that point so they can come here and compete, uh, especially with the, the uptick that women's hockey has been getting. What, what do you think, Matt? I think it's a huge loss for uh, women's hockey and you know all the young girls that were looking forward to seeing these games and obviously to the uh, to the athletes themselves. It's also a big loss for um, for Churro and Halifax. Um, you know, you think of a uh, you think of a place that's going to host an event like this. You're you know you're you're looking at Montreal, Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, these kind of places. So for um, you know little spot you know on the east coast in Churro to be involved in this was big, you know, was massive for their community. And it's and even though it seems like um, they're going to have the opportunity to host next year, it's still a really big loss now. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to it. And I know that you were supposed to be there and um, you were supposed to do some coverage while you were there. Um, you know, it's, so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big, big loss. And I know a lot of people were looking forward to it. And let's just hope that um, nothing gets in the way of next year. Fingers crossed, and uh, we can see some good Canadian hockey. And um, you know, let's see our ladies bring home the gold. Yeah, uh, like you said, I mean, Eastern Canada were an event-centric uh, group, so this was uh, this tournament was viewed as the event of the year. Everyone was going to show up. It was going to be a carnival-like atmosphere. Uh, no one puts on a show like East Coasters when it comes to uh, these uh, these events. And like you mentioned, I was supposed to be there uh, as a member of the media covering the event uh, with the hockey writers. Uh, however, with a cancel that I no longer, <laughs> there's nothing to cover. Um, but I did sit in on the, uh, the, the announcement for the uh, cancellation and spoke to Hockey Canada and, uh, officials like Tom Rennie, and we were, we did suss out that yes, 2021 Halifax and Truro will host the tournament. It's guaranteed, uh, so that's that's good news for the city. Um, however, the bad news is these these athletes they worked so hard, and unfortunately, the names won't even be released of who made the team. Uh, simply because the uh, roster hadn't been completed until the day of the announcement, so they're they're just not going to hand it out. And now the whole thing starts over for these athletes. They they're going to have to go through their camps again and try out again. Um, what we also figured out was for those who purchase tickets to the World Championships, uh, you will not be reimbursed cash. What will happen is your tickets will be good uh, will be valid for the 2021 uh, event so if you hold a canada versus u.s ticket for 2020 well that's now canada versus u.s 2021 the uh this the dates are the only things that have changed the, the groups are going to remain the same uh the schedule is going to remain the same 
So your your tickets are still going to remain valued. Um, another thing that they talked about was that the IIHF is still looking at uh, other events uh, for possible cancellation, like the Men's Worlds is still up in the air. Now, they're only looking a couple couple weeks to three uh, three weeks ahead. So that is in jeopardy. Any thoughts? Could you uh, repeat that a second? Uh, my mic actually just cut oh. out. Uh, the last part? Yeah. The uh, the Men's Worlds is... Um, uh, they're only looking about two to three weeks ahead. So the Men's... The WHF is. Uh, the Men's Worlds is in jeopardy of being cancelled. So... What do you think of uh, that? The way, the way I'm looking at it right now... Um, you know, we've seen that, um, you know, COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, um, we've seen it affect so much of the world. And um, recently, the um, the German Hockey League's completely shut down for the whole season. And um, the World Championships was to be held in uh, Switzerland. And uh, we've seen a lot of cases pop up in the last little while with um, with coronavirus to these uh, different European countries. So in my opinion, I believe it's going to be a hundred percent canceled, which is, um, which is bad. You know, obviously it's, it's, it's terrible for the fans and it's terrible for the, um, terrible for the fans and, uh, and another, you know, it's terrible for Switzerland and, uh, the cities that we're going to be, um, hosting this event. It's something that the players look forward to. And, uh, we, we learned today that if, uh, given the opportunity, Jonathan Duran would have went to get some extra hockey under his belt for, um, you know, the uh, injuries he's had over the season. So that's another big loss there. Um, that's my opinion. I think that, um, especially the German league shutting down, Italy's not having any um, anyone at any of their events. Um, you know, Europe's, uh, you know, not as bad as uh, the States right now. You know, no one's, uh, you know, knocking, it, knocking somebody out for a roll of toilet paper or something, but... You know, the more these cases uh, spread around the world, um, you're, we're going to see even more of these events, um, unfortunately, canceled. Uh, people's travel plans are going to are going to change, and um, it's 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 a it's a tough time right now because some people say that uh, these organizations or these cities have, uh, you know, hugely. Um, blown this out of proportion while others are saying that we're not doing enough yeah i've seen this uh this argument on twitter quite a bit in the last day or two um i i understand people being uh angry that there's there's so much caution you know they're worried about well they're worried about what about me what about my job what about my my income i get that part but at the same time you have to take into account that people are dying they they don't know the exact lethality of this uh, this virus yet. It, it is a pandemic. Uh, there have not been that many pandemics in my lifetime, so this is serious. We don't even if it's only a one percent chance that someone dies from having this. That's still ten times worse than the flu that came out, that came out uh, that I saw today. Uh, uh, an American official. I can't remember their name right now. Uh, Brian Wilde tweeted it out uh, just today. Uh, as we record, it is Wednesday, the 11th of March. So you can go through Mr. Wilde's timeline and find it. Um, that an American official mentioned that 
the mortality rate is 1%, which is 10 times that of the flu. So you have to take this this seriously. If if 10 million people get it, that that's a lot of people dying. That's we're in the hundreds of thousands now. And it seems that it's, it's just something that it's popping up so rapidly. And, uh, you know, you turn your TV on and it's, you know, confirmed case here, confirmed case here, confirmed case here. As um, we mentioned as we started the show and as most of you, our listeners obviously know, like we're all in the Canadian forces, uh, all three of us. And um, I'm actually located in CFB Trenton where everyone's getting flown into. And there was a confirmed case actually that came up today that one of the people that are here have now been put in self-isolation. So, you know, obviously that's going to get blown up and there's going to be media everywhere and, you know, we're going to go from there. You know, there's been a, a confirmed case in Ottawa and in Hamilton and, you know, it's um, it's something that you turn on the TV and it's, it's, it's everywhere. And uh, some people are saying it's going to blow over when the warm weather comes. Some people say it's going to get worse. You know, for now, all we can do is take the precautions and uh, be safe, look after each other. And, you know, if you think that you have some sort of symptom or you, you're not feeling well and you're scared, you think, you know, hell, I'm sick, you know, contact somebody, you know, go to the doctor uh, and, my wife uh, is, and, you know, uh, take care of yourself. And my wife's a registered nurse and she's dealt with uh, these types of illnesses, not quite to this extent, but her biggest tip is wash your hands all the time you go to the bathroom wash your hands you touch something wash your hands uh you came near someone wash your hands cough into your the crook of your arm Um, basically take precautions be careful but be kind to others understand that people are scared understand that there is some unknown and uncertainty to this and they're once they finally figure out what this is and they do have a vaccine and they do have a plan of action uh, the hysteria will die down somewhat and we will have a better handle of the situation. Until then, I cannot blame health authorities for wanting to err on the side of caution. They're trying to save lives. Absolutely. And we're looking right now at um, some NHL teams that have come out and said there will be no fans at the arenas for upcoming games. And... Um, Obviously, we're doing a Canadians-related show, so I'll bring up the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Montreal is supposed to be in there at the SAP Center as of our, on the 17th, I believe. 19th. And, 19th. And um, we've now learned that the, that game will be played without any fans. And it's going to be weird to watch. Um, you know, your eyes are not going to be playing tricks on you. You're not watching a Panthers game. Um, you are watching a Sharks. You you are watching a Sharks Canadians game in San Jose, California. And um, I remember in 2015 when the Sox played the Orioles. Um, this was oh, in yeah. Baltimore, and this was during um, during the uh, the Freddie Gray case. If any of you guys remember that, um, the African African American that was. Um, was uh, killed in police custody. And um, there were so many riots and so much danger to the city and fires being started and everything like that. The, the Major League Baseball came out and said, we're pretty much barring the doors. And the only people that are getting in are people that need to be there and the players. And it was the weirdest shit to watch. 
because, you know, you know, a ball hits a bat. People cheer. There was no cheering. You could hear the guys on the, you know, you could hear the guys on the uh, on the field. Like the uh, the sound, you could hear every step, every sound, everything. So I'm just imagining what a hockey game is going to be like. Because some of these guys chirp and they chirp hard. So I don't think we're going to have to have guys mic'd up during the game. They're probably going to have to turn the mics down on the ice because we're probably going to hear some shit that we probably shouldn't hear. Yeah, we're going to learn a right? lot about other guys. Especially, especially guys like Domi in the lineup. You're going to have Evander Kane. You're going to have Gallagher, etc. We're probably going to hear about some uh some uh some different players and maybe uh that they uh you know maybe they uh maybe they maybe they like the mother of someone on the other team or something like that <laughs> i'll just she leave it great at that. cookies i, I <laughs> yeah, hear she right. makes great cookies that's right <laughs> but no but, uh, it, go ahead, on, go that, ahead. on that though uh with the the empty stadiums and I think there there could be a silver lining there because a lot of times when a team doesn't have a sellout or because of the TV deals that they have, they have to play, they have to black out the game to their local audience. Um, what could, uh, there's w- rumors that perhaps they will lift the blackout regulations and everyone would be able to watch at home. So maybe more people will get a chance to see the game than they would if they sold tickets. There's a, there's a chance, and some people are saying that well, if you can't have it at the SAP Center, have it where the Barracuda play, or have it where have it at this arena or that arena, or play a game in Montreal. However, with that scheduling, they would have to fly to Montreal, play in Montreal, and then go back to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it kind of defeats Which, the purpose of not absolutely bringing in large crowds. Absolutely. Um, uh, another another NHL-related note on COVID-19. The Leafs and the Canadians have both announced that their scouts will no longer be taking flights. Uh, this may not preclude them from driving to games uh, in their areas, but they won't be flying. Uh, so that's going to hamper their, their efforts a little bit come draft day. Uh, and, and there's also talk of possibly canceling the scouting combine altogether for the NHL. Which would be which would be huge. Like some people say that it's a huge waste of time, but we've seen some guys um, absolutely kill it at the uh, at the uh, at the combine, and then their stock has risen dramatically. Like Struble last year. Absolutely, he was a beast, and um, he caught the uh, attention of the Canadians. And there he goes. He's in the second round and had a few injuries this year, but when he was healthy, he looked really good in his freshman year. Now, there may be ways around that where they, they send NHL staff to uh, multiple locations and test these ch- these guys individually, but I doubt that's going to happen. So yeah, it would be uh, pretty hard to uh, that would be pretty hard to organize. This is gonna, uh, this, this draft is going it's, it's a key draft for the Canadians and to not have those tools at their disposal yeah, it could it could hurt them in the long run. It could, but it's, a, it's also not, it's, it's also at least it's not them and just them that's affected by this. True. So there's going to be other teams that are going to be taking some shots in the dark as well. And uh, the Canadians have, what, 14 picks this year? Yeah. And, you know, you want them all to count. But, you know, the ones that really count are your first-round pick, which Montreal is likely going to have a top-10 pick, and um, multiple picks in the second round. 
I think this might point to the fact that the Canadians are going to keep that first pick and then use the rest as trade bait. I can just, see them. I can see them flipping seconds. You know, you that yeah. was the, that used to be a thing that Canadians just loved to do. Well, give them a second. Throw in a second. What's yeah. going to make the deal? Give them a second. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of picks, uh, we'll move on from the morbid news about the coronavirus to uh, players that the Canadians have picked. So, uh, Treg during his Toxic Tuesday meltdown. I don't know. Uh, did you listen to it? I don't listen to it. I mean, he's just too toxic. I can't. Uh, I can't deal with that toxicity. I, I had it on until he started talking, and then I was like, "That's enough of the." No, I was kidding. I, I, did, I did. I did have <laughs> the music was have, great. <laughs> it was. It was. And his voice is there, and you're just like, "Oh man!" I, I'm like, I can tell you have an epic beard, but that's about it's like, it. <laughs> oh, the chalkboard. It's just, it's the nails on a chalkboard sound as soon as yeah, he starts just, talking. Uh, the only thing I see is just him in front of a mirror. Just like flexing and stuff, and I'm like, I can't do this shit right now. <laughs> yeah, taking old man gym selfies. Absolutely, but yeah, he had some he had some good things to say about Caulfield. He, he did. really did. He did. Yeah, and he was. Uh, and in today's it, as we record Wednesday, March 11th, um, Caulfield's teammate uh, Alex Turcott just signed his entry level deal with the LA Kings, so that that takes away his the center that he had for pretty much the, all of the World Juniors and his uh, season with Wisconsin and Wisconsin as you all know was a god-awful team this year they did really poor and they had some they had some pretty decent players on their roster so to lose a player like that for next season you know however good Caulfield was this year if they don't bring anybody else in or nobody else steps up to the plate it's gonna you know you're going to think to yourself, you know, is this going to push him to want to sign that much more or even possibly um, maybe even go to junior? Yeah, I don't but know he, about but, the junior. But, but, he would, but he would have to sign, but he would have to sign to go to junior. Yeah, he would still sign. Uh, I don't expect him to go junior if he signs, but that is an option. Um, and losing a, losing a teammate like Turcotte does tend to get him to lean a little bit further. Uh, Keandre Miller, uh, the New York Rangers prospect who plays defense with Wisconsin, the there's rumors that he may still he may sign with the Rangers. So losing two major name teammates like that, even even though Caulfield led the Big Ten in scoring this year, and I know people say, well, that he didn't dominate. I'm sorry, but you're 18 years old and you lead your your conference in scoring on a on a terrible team. I think you did okay. You did pretty good. That's yeah. You know, I don't know what you call dominant, but uh, that's pretty close. So, absolutely, absolutely. My uh, my one thing I want to say about him possibly going to junior. Yes, he would still have to sign. However, it has been in the media that Oshawa and Sault Ste. Marie, and Sault Ste. Marie are the ones that own his rights. They have both put their bids in to host the Memorial Cup. So if it happens that Sault Ste. Marie wins the Memorial Cup or wins the uh, wins the uh, opportunity to bid or, or to, to host, well, right there, they're in the final. No. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how good they do. They're in the final. And generally, we see teams that host 
they're not they're they're not the team that gets um they usually go out and they try to build up their rosters and if that's the case they might have some sort of incentive you know they might they might push a little bit harder to maybe get Caulfield on the roster it's quite possible quite possible they push hard um and if he signs uh he has the ELC slide so even if he signs and plays in Laval right now because he's not 19 quite yet uh his contract would slide yeah. I'm sorry not 20 quite yet his contract would slide so going to the uh, juniors same thing contract would slide but as someone who grew up in Northern Ontario, in Sudbury, uh, I just can't see Sault Ste. Marie winning it. Not because their bid isn't any good, or that you know, or that the fans aren't good, or that the city isn't worthy of it. It's just I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If 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 I had the opportunity to see Caulfield play, I would definitely jump on it. And uh, you know, I've got Oshawa close, I've got Kingston close, etc. So. At Peterborough as well, so any any opportunity I'd have to see him play, I'd jump all over it. It would be it would be fun to watch, um, but on in in my gut, uh, I would say he goes to Laval if he if he were to sign. I would prefer. I think he stays. I think I think so. I think so too. Yeah, I would prefer he stays at the NCAA, but with teammates like uh, like Turcotte signing and leaving, I think it's it's leaning more towards him leaving as well. So yeah. Uh, I think we'll leave Caulfield alone for now. Uh, if you want to learn more, go to my uh, my last piece at the, the Hockey Writers about Caulfield. Um, you know, shameless plug. Hey, I'm the host. It's my, <laughs> my article. I'll plug it. Um, but we'll move on to Romanov. So it looks almost guaranteed that Romanov is going to join the Canadians this, uh, this coming season. Um, now... I know a lot of fans are looking forward to seeing him, and I am too. Uh, but his usage in the KHL does raise some does raise eyebrows. I mean, four minutes in a KHL playoff game, uh, especially an overtime game. Yeah, exactly. It. I know a lot of fans would point to that and say, "Well, look, he's not even he doesn't even have his coach's uh, confidence." But at the same time, they're ignoring that he's playing in the KHL, there is no parity. <laughs> he's on the best team in the league. They're going to win that series. So the coach is kind of sending a message of, you know, you're not going to be around next year, so I'm not playing you. What, what's your take on, on Romanov's situation? I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think it's uh, it's exactly that. I, I believe that um, Mark Bergevin has done enough talking with Romanov that – his coaching staff knew that Romanov's likely not returning to the KHL next season. He's going to come to North America, whether that's going to be with the Canadians or with, uh, with Laval. And, um, that's, that's how they're going to play him. You know, you, you don't usually see a guy play less than four minutes in a playoff game, especially one that goes to overtime. And you're, you know, even though you're the best team in the league, doesn't really matter. We're used to seeing, you know, a minimum for a for a for a third pairing defenseman. You're looking at what, sixteen minutes a night, give or take. Yeah, and an overtime game maybe as high as eighteen to twenty, depending on absolutely, the abso- absolutely. And um, you know, these were some of these games. You know, yeah, they won three nothing, but some of the you know the the overtime games. I believe one was two one, and one was 
four three or three two or something like that. So they were close games, obviously. And uh, for him not to get the nod, it, it is a little bit odd. And I know that some fans are looking at this and say, "Oh, he doesn't have the confidence as a coach. What's he going to do in Montreal? He's only playing four minutes here." And uh, Bergevin saying that this is going to be a top pairing guy. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. He's going to be this uh, this big prospect. And you know, we're not trading him, or we're not doing this. And then we look, and he's playing less than four minutes a night. It sends a lot of negatives. But um, I think uh, Canadians fans are going to be pleasantly surprised. He's not going to be that superstar, offensive-minded, you know, score every night type uh, defenseman. But he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to be reliable defensively. He's going to throw his body around, and I think he's going to surprise some people when he starts to play. Yeah, uh, I think I think he's going to stick with the Canadians right off the right out of camp. Uh, unless he comes in and really stinks up camp, but I, I don't see that happening. He's got a couple of years in pros already, so uh, to me, he's he's NHL ready. Uh, he'll probably get paired up with uh, with Shea Weber uh, right off the top. Uh, that would move Mete out of the way. Um, now, again, I don't think uh, Romanov is a top-pairing defenseman right out of the gate. Neither was neither was Mete. I think Romanov will be the better choice for a top pair. He'll do a Mete. Mete still Mete still isn't, in my opinion. <laughs> nope. And I don't think he ever will be. Uh, I think Mete was done a disservice playing up that high up in the lineup. Especially that, especially yeah. that quick. Exactly. Um, but in Romanov's case, I think playing with Shea Weber, which he has mentioned, is someone he looks up to as an idol. Uh, so checking the box there for you know, making him happy and coming over. Um, I think they'll pair well because Romanov skates well. He's very mobile. Uh, he is an aggressive player, and he can move that puck. He won't put up a ton of points, like you mentioned, but defensively, I think that pairing would do very well. And maybe a little bit of mop-up time on the power play to bump up some points for him. By the end of the year, 15 to 20 points. Uh, playing anywhere from, I don't know, uh, around 18 to 20 minutes a night. I think that's where he's going to end up by the end of the year, and we're going to see a very good defenseman just starting out. So uh, his arrival would definitely upgrade the defense on the left side, but there's still a massive hole that needs to be filled, and Romanov Romanov's not going to be the answer to the Canadians' ales on on defense, He's not right just, away, not right yeah. away. That's for sure. And um, they are missing that left-handed guy that's going to be able to bring offense. And uh, they're still missing that true um, Weber partner. And a lot of people are yeah. saying, "Oh, it would have been Sergachev, or it would have been this guy, or whatever." Well, Sergachev's not there, so I'm not even going to talk about it. Um, Romanov is going to bring an element to the Canadians. That's gonna that you know they've been missing. Um, we see it with uh, Juleson when he's healthy, and as we record, he's actually back playing with Laval tonight, his first game in a long time. Um, and uh, we see it with Kale Fleury with that is that physicality. And um, they talked about Romanov being compared to a uh, you know a more offensive Alexei Emlin, and uh, we were at the draft when he was selected. And we looked over and we saw this little scrawny kid and we're like, 
how the hell is that kid supposed to do anything like Romanov? <laughs> and then we've seen him in the juniors, and we've seen him at the um, the uh, Canada-Russia series and everything like this, and he's got these big guys coming in to hit him, and he ain't the one that's going down. Yeah, like, I, a lot of the people... Guy, he's, he's not a massive kid, but like he knows how to use his body effectively to take you off the yeah. puck. He's got a low center of gravity. He's he's very strong. Uh, and, and I noticed a lot of people are saying, well, he's a mix of Markov and Emelin, which is, is good for uh, Habs fans to have that, that anchor so they could kind of give a comparison. But for anyone who lived through the 90s and watched the Detroit Red Wings just dominate back then, uh, you'll re- you'll recognize the name Konstantinov. And, and to me... Um, that's who he kind of looks like. He's got that. He's got that skating ability. He's got that defensive acumen. Uh, he's got a good shot. He can pass the puck. He's aggressive, and that's those are all aspects of Konstantinov's game. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Konstantinov, but I think he's that style of player, someone who's who can move a puck, get some shots on net, uh, clear his own zone, and and, and punish people for going anywhere near the net or into their own into his zone so uh, to me that's what he 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 reminds me of and if he ends up anything close to that i think habs fans are going to be beside themselves ecstatic that they had such a great player picked in the second round especially one that we've brought this up before like he got picked and we were like who the hell is this guy and we're going through like our draft pages and everything, and like we couldn't even find the guy's name. Yeah, he was on a lot of draft lists. He was down into the fifth round. And I admit, I watched him play in the World Junior A Championships in Truro uh, the, uh, before his draft. And while I thought he was pretty good, he wasn't really up against really big competition. And he put up some decent... He, he scored four goals, and I mean... He had all those skills, but at the same time, I didn't, I didn't watch him and say, "Wow, look at this kid! He is head and shoulders above everybody else." Uh, but that's why I'm not a scout, and uh, Trevor Timmons is. Um, he saw something more, and he they jumped ahead. I mean, you were we were at, like you said, we were there, and when they pulled the jersey out in the second round, it already had his name on it. Yeah, they knew who they wanted. Oh yeah. And uh, we were looking at each other, and you know, at the time, um, you know, we knew they needed defense, we needed the centers, et cetera. And um, like Bodie Wild was still on the board. Um, there was a few other guys that were um, uh, Ryan McLeod, who went to uh, the Oilers. He was still on the board, another center, uh, brother of Michael McLeod, Devils prospect. Um, we were kind of looking at each other. We we're like, what are they doing right now? And it was kind of the same thing when they picked uh, Yelonen as well. Another, you know, scrawny, you know, pasty white kid. Like, who the hell is this guy? And now, you know, he's done some very good things in his league. He's had some good showings at the juniors, just like Romanov. And um, I, I, I think it's uh, start. You know, the Canadians have really started to stock their uh, their draft. Um, or stock their uh, prospect pool once again. And it's getting to the point now that because they've had so many picks, it's um, not not necessarily, hey, we've got this guy, or hey, we've got this guy. It's who the hell do we keep? 
because you know they're lo- like this year they need to sign um, they need to sign McShane they need to sign Hillis need to sign Fonstead etc and these are all players that have done quite well at the junior level however you can't keep everybody no and uh, Bergeron mentioned that in his interview with uh, La Price with uh, Matthias Brunet he mentioned that he's probably only going to sign one. And if you want to know the names and a little bit of a background on each of the guys that are available that need to be signed this year, just go to the Hockey Writers. Uh, I wrote an article on this. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a look there. Um, it, it's it's always nice to be with uh, with a group of journalists who can I can I can work with and go over these items with. Uh, so I wrote an article on this, and uh, there's five total, uh, Hood being one of them. Uh, and Bergevin mentioned he's probably going to sign one. And like you said, you can't sign all these guys because they've had. If they pick all 14 this year, they'll have had almost 50 picks in the last three years. There's no way they can sign them all. Absolutely, and uh, you know it's uh, at this point it's it's very much you get to look at. Um, you can't like I know people are gonna be like, well, you've obviously got to sign who do you get to sign? You know, you got to sign the French guys, and it's gonna be really, really, really difficult to pick who to who to who who to sign and who not to, because uh, for me, looking at a guy like Cam Hillis, who's uh, captain his team this year and. He stayed healthy for the majority of the season, and we've seen that what he can bring to a team. Yeah, and, for uh, me, it's between him and McShane. If you're going to pick absolutely. one, it's those one of those two have to be the guy picked. So it's gonna it's gonna be a very difficult uh, difficult pick for uh, for the for the staff. That's for sure. Yeah, and yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, there, there's even um, Bergevin even hinted that he is looking at possibly signing. Um, I, or looking to trade for a defense, a left defenseman, someone established. So this this draft, if people are allowed to go to it and watch it happen, I sure uh, hope so. Me too. We're, we're our plan is to be there and cover this for for our listeners and myself for the hockey writers um, to 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 watch it. At, at, like we've gone to several, you and I, yeah, and they're they're a great show. I mean. It, I, I always I always thought to myself, I'm like, I really, really hope this is in Montreal one year. And um it was it was on my list. It was a really it really was on the top of my list that I, I I'd like to see it in Montreal, Vegas being another one. Um but then I started looking and said to myself, Well, it was in Vancouver last year. And unfortunately, uh I wasn't able to make it because of my deployment. But I thought to myself, there's no way it's going to be in Montreal. It's going to go somewhere back in the States because they're not going to do back-to-back in Canada. Well, I was wrong. And I am over the moon excited that it's going to be there, that we're going to be able to see it in person, in the building, that we all cheer for our favorite team. And I'm really hoping that I'm going to be able to meet some of our, uh, some of our listeners while we're there. And be able to actually yeah. interact with some of you guys, and um, you know, we'll we'll definitely do a show like what we did when we were in Dallas, um, on location. And um, it's 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 if you haven't been, 
it's it's well worth it. And what better time to do it when you can see a player to the caliber of uh, Lafreniere be picked? And, you know, I might be uh, pissing off a couple of people saying that he's going to go number one. He's going number one. Well, yeah, he's going to go number one. All right, um, it's going to happen. And, and also, uh, f- if this does happen, um, the draft that is, uh, there's there's some other surprises in the works for our listeners. Uh, as you know, we have been affiliated with the Habilison crew before, and we're still friends with them, and we still chirp them from time to time. Um, they're planning on going as well, so there's going to be crossover shows, and there's going to be shenanigans. Lots of shenanigans. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty nuts. The last time, <laughs> yeah. all right, let's say it this way: the last time I got together with. Uh, with that crew, I remember eating poutine at like four thirty or five o'clock in the morning, and then some to getting to my hotel around like seven seven thirty. Yeah, yeah, it was a good night. It was a really fun <laughs> night, and the Canadians won that night too, so I was happy about that as well. Yes, I, and I know that I had a blast. I was, I was in the, I was in town on business for the military, doing a very important course. That was difficult, and it took tons of study time, and that's why I was able to sneak out just for a few minutes and meet up with you guys randomly at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no shenanigans happened that night at no, all. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that uh, that's why I enjoy going to the draft. Like you mentioned, meeting the people that we uh, that listen to us and we interact with on Twitter uh, and social media meeting them face to face talking to them that is the highlight of these these events that's why i don't want to see this ha- not happen absolutely um, shout out shout out to mclean's pub by the way yes thank you for the uh <laughs> the the free sip of pops. water yeah the pops and the iced teas <laughs> yeah <laughs> we will they, definitely be back <laughs> The cinnamon flavored iced tea. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> but uh, so uh, th- that's pretty much it. That's that. That's all we're gonna do for this show. I think um, for any events that may still be happening, uh, concerts, hockey games, basketball games, any sporting event, any concert, any uh, play. Uh, go to SeatGiant.ca, use promo code UNFILTERED20, and save 35% on the fees for your purchase. Uh, we uh, we may not be able to give away free tickets all the time, but we're, what we try to do is try to make the, your experience less expensive. And SeatGiant.ca wants to help with that. So use the, uh, the code UNFILTERED20 and save money. So... On that note, I think uh, I think we're gonna just cut to a commercial and end the show. What, what do you think? I'm just I'm, I'm just wondering which one we're gonna cut to because yeah, are we gonna choice. are we gonna we've got some pretty good commercials. We 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 really do, and I'm thinking we might have to make one about like Jim selfies or something. Oh damn! <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, maybe we'll, uh, yeah yeah we'll we'll talk about that off here. Um, so yeah, we're uh, we're gonna you know what we'll have the listeners tell us. T- uh, 
when we post this show, tell us which one was your favorite commercial. Done. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I think that so we'll we'll end it there. Uh to Treg, we're glad you weren't here. You made the show better. <laughs> <laughs> You're too toxic. We, we 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 still missed you, but you know it's good to make fun of you every now and then. Yeah, and well, you know what? I didn't have to worry about someone mispronouncing the name Matt. <laughs> I know it's when he gets Mike wrong, it it, it hurts all of us. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not to mention, uh, if we would try to get him to uh, to actually pronounce COVID properly. Oh Jesus, we'd be here all day. <laughs> oh yeah. And coronavirus would turn into like Modelo virus or something, and then we'd be like, "No, it's not the same thing." <laughs> but I'm getting sponsored by Modelo. Yeah, well, yeah, they don't exactly. want to be—they <laughs> don't want to be tied to a, a tied to a virus. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, to those of uh, those of you who think that Treg is the third best on the show, we agree with you. Uh, Matt, it's great having you back on the show. Hopefully, I'm happy to, happy to be here. You won't miss next week's. That way, uh, the two of us can gang up on Treg properly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good one, guys. Successful companies find unconventional answers. That's why Zamboni Keeper is your source for wins. When you need someone to hold down your fort, when your normal goalie is out injured, we have the answer for you. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER. We have a Zamboni driver available in a rink near you, ready to play nets. For only the cost of a team jersey, our Zamboni experts will be able to face your league's most expensive and nationally overhyped offensive players and provide your team the chance to win. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER and win. Hey, what's that over there? I don't know, man. It looks like a... It looks like a jockstrap. What, what's a jockstrap doing up in the concourse? I don't know. Let me check. It, it says C. Lindgren on it. Weird. Man, are you always getting digged out and losing your gear? If so, you should download the new app, GearFinder.com. We'll put microchips in all your gear, so when that guy digs you out on a simple play, you'll find your gear later, and not some dudes in the crowd. Hey man, I should take this home to my wife. She might like it. Maybe she can find your gear too. Huh. We'll download the app and we can help Charlie Lindgren out. <laughs> yeah, help me! Yeah! Throw it over, guys! GearFinder.com For all your lost gear needs.
And that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.